0: Go to Exodus chapter 25. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1. Exodus 25, starting with verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet, and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram's skin dyed red, and badger's skin, and shy to Tim Wood, and oil for the light, and spices for anointing oil, and For sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary. I want you to to take this offering of these things that I'm going to use. And then I want you to make me a sanctuary because I want a place to dwell. But then he says this to Moses in verse 9. I want, you to, I want you to make this sanctuary, but I want you to make it according to all that I show thee. After the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, and even so shall you make it. And If you skip down to verse 40, which is the last verse of this chapter, he repeats it. it says, look, and look, make sure that you make them, the instruments, the tabernacle, that you make them after their pattern which was showed you in the mount. I, I want to talk to you for a few minutes here on this subject according to the pattern. According to the pattern. You, you can be seated. Moses, as you know, most of you are fully aware, Moses spent basically the first 40 years of his life living in Egypt. He didn't live just anywhere in Egypt. He lived in Pharaoh's household. I think that means that he lived with access to the best of everything. You got to see things, go places, experience things that not everyone had the chance to experience. I don't know what I've tried in the past to study this out a little bit more and I don't really remember what I found in the past. And I just looked really, really briefly this afternoon. but I don't know what all was going on in Egypt during those 40 years of Moses' life. It's it's my understanding from the brief, just kind of quick check I did today. Some of the pyramids and things like that in Egypt were were possibly already built. I don't know what all was going on in Egypt, but we do know there were things that were being built in Egypt because that's what the children of Israel were being used to do. And we know that when Moses comes back, Led by the Lord to deliver them out of Egypt, their response was they demanded more work and they provided them less materials, less help so there were there were obviously some things that were still being developed and built during Moses' time that he grew up in pharaoh's household and i would I would suspect that in those those sort of brief moments as the lord begins to talk to moses and and he tells him i want you to i want you to i want you to receive an offering from the people and then he says i i want you to i want you to make me a sanctuary this is just one of those things that my mind does when i read these types of stories in scripture but I imagine that in that brief moment, that split second, when God said to Moses, I want you to build me a sanctuary, I, I think Moses had a quick glimpse, idea of what he would build, whether it was something that had kind of been in his heart for years or Or maybe it was just in that moment that when God says, I want you to build me a sanctuary. But I I really believe that Moses had an image of what he would build. But God quickly lets Moses know, I'm not going to leave the building of this sanctuary, this place I'm going to dwell. I'm not going to leave it up to you. In fact, I want you to build it according to the pattern that I show you. I want you to build it according to the pattern that I show you. The Message Bible says that verse, verse number 9, this way. You are to construct it following the plans I've given you the design for the dwelling and the design for all of its furnishings you are you are to follow the plans that i give you moses but then when we again read verse number 40 not only does god restate to moses that i want you to i want you to do all of these things i want you to build all of these instruments i I I I want I want all of the 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 things that are in the tabernacle. I want you to build them according to the pattern I give you, but but then he goes on to say which I showed you in the mount. What is God talking about there when he tells Moses, "I want you to do it according to the pattern?" That I showed you in the mount. If we go one chapter back, Exodus 24, in the last couple of verses of that chapter, it says this, And Moses went up into the mount, verse 15, Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the clouds and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. So when God says, I want you to build it according to the pattern that I showed you when you were on the mount, this is when God was referring to. Moses, I want you to build this tabernacle and everything in it according to the pattern that I gave you when you were in my presence all by yourself. This pattern, Moses, is not to come from any place else. You're not to use ideas that you got in Egypt. You're not to use ideas that you get anywhere else. The pattern for this tabernacle, Moses, is supposed to be based on what I gave you in my presence. It's interesting to me because a part of uh, Stephen's sermon that ended up Message that ended up costing his life in Acts 7 and 44 inserted into that message that Stephen was preaching. He says, our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. In the the middle of this this message that Stephen is preaching that costs him his life, inserted in the middle of that is this statement about the tabernacle, the sanctuary, and and of course here the word in in the King James says fashion, but in essence that's the the pattern. We could say the pattern he had seen. And then again in Hebrews chapter 8 we find it, Repeat it again. Verse number 5. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. And as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. Moses, what you are to build is supposed to be based on the pattern I gave you. David has the desire to build God a, t- a a temple, a place to live. He says, "I I live in a beautiful palace, God, and you dwell in tents." and 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 the prophet Nathan initially responds when David tells him this, and he says, "Go ahead and do whatever you want to do if you want to build God a house. That's a great idea." And then Nathan go home goes home, and God says, um. Excuse me. You care to know what I have to say about this? You you gave David your opinion but you didn't ask me what I thought about it. This is you go back and you tell David that he can't build me a temple. But I will let his son build it. But the Scripture says this. My watch is stuck on my pocket. First Chronicles 28, watch this. David can't build it. Solomon's going to build it. But it says this, 1 Chronicles 28 and 10. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And maybe in that moment, Solomon did what I think Moses did. Oh, wow. Okay, I can do that. I can, I can build a great house. I think maybe in that moment Solomon got an idea of what he would build, but it goes on to say, Then David gave to Solomon, his son, the pattern. The pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof, and of the treasuries thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner parlors thereof, and of the pla- of the place of the mercy seat, and the pattern of all that he had be- he had. Wait, where did David get the pattern? Solomon, you can build a house, but you you got to build it based on the pattern. That you've been given. In fact, you're going to build it based on the pattern that David, your father, gives you. But, but where did David get the pattern? He got it by the Spirit. The pattern of all that he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord and of all the chambers round about of the treasuries of the house of God and of the treasuries of dedicated things. It wasn't, it wasn't David's idea wasn't David's vision. It wasn't David's dream based on the structures and the things that he had seen. David got the pattern, the plan, from God, from the Spirit. There's really two applications to what I feel to share with you here this evening. One of those applications is this. We don't get the plans for how we build God's house collectively from someplace else. We don't look around at what the latest trends are. What's the latest trick or gimmick or cool thing that churches around the country are doing? That's not where we get the pattern. The pattern is supposed to come from Him. And the pattern should have been received on the mount in a place of direct communication with God. I've said it. I will probably keep saying it in the future. I'm on social media. I have Instagram and I have Facebook. There's... I'm getting more to the point that there's at least as much negative as there is positive. I'll probably in a few months be of the opinion there's more negative than there is positive. <laughs> but I will tell you, as a pastor, it can be negative because there's a lot of patterns. There's a lot of patterns out there of the way. And I'm not saying whether what they're doing is right and wrong. Because if they got their pattern from the right source, God bless them. But I'm not supposed to just duplicate their pattern. I'm supposed to find out what is your pattern. Pastor, how come we still do what we do at Antioch Central? Because to the best of my ability, it's what I got on the mountain. How come we're amongst the few that still have church on Sunday night? Because at least for me, that's where I got the pattern. Again, if somebody else got a different pattern from the Lord, that God bless them. I'm not here to just copy and duplicate other patterns because the reason that doesn't work is when you go around duplicating other patterns and you find out duplicating other patterns don't work, you now got to find another pattern. But when you find out what his pattern is, if you'll just be patient and stay the course, he's going to do the work. If you will enlarge the place of your tent, if you will lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes, then you will break forth. Adam Clark says this, the tabernacle was a type of the church of God That church is built upon the foundation of the prophets and apostles, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2, 20-22. The doctrines, therefore, delivered by the prophets and Jesus Christ and His apostles are essential to the constitution of His church, or of this church. As God, therefore, gave the plan or form according to which the tabernacle must be constructed. So he gives the doctrines according to which the Christian church is to be modeled and apostles and subordinate builders are to have and hold fast that form of sound words. Notice every time God instructed somebody to do something that was, that was related to salvation, God gave clear instruction. Noah. I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood. Build a boat. But he didn't stop there. Here's how I want you to build it. These are the, this is how many floors. This is how many doors, how many windows. So I want you to build it the way I say. I am convinced. I believe with all of my heart. If Noah would have put just two windows, On that boat. Wouldn't have lasted. Moses build me a tabernacle. But here's how I want you to do it. If we are free to now do things the way we want to do them. The way we think is best. Please explain one thing to me. Just just please tell me when God changed. According to the Scripture, Jesus Christ, who we know to be God manifested in the flesh, is the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't change. So if God doesn't change, that means if He had opinions and ideas and plans for the ark, for the tabernacle, etc., He's got plans for His church today. And I don't find one place in all of this book where He ever asked anybody's opinion. How do you think my church ought to be? How do you think it ought to be built? What do you think should be done? In fact, he told his disciples, Upon this rock, he didn't say upon this rock, you will build my church. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Meaning, I'm going to build it. You can be laborers to help me, but I'm building it, and we're going to build it the way I want it built. I told you there's two applications. The one is the broader, but the second one is this. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, what? Say what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own for you're bought with a price, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I preached this morning, and i i i I said in in essence. One of, one of the sources of our struggles in submitting and surrendering to the Word of God and the will of God, really it's about ownership. It's really about ownership. Who owns you? When you're fighting and bucking against the will of God and the plan of God, what you're saying is you think you own you. But what I just read says you're bought you're bought with a price. You don't own you. The one that bought you has the right to run your life. So the same God that said, this is how I want the ark built, and this is how I want the tabernacle built, and gave all of those specific instructions, is the same God that has very specific instructions for how this temple is supposed to be built. You know what, I, Pastor, I see other patterns, other place. I don't, I don't answer for other patterns. Well, 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 Pastor, other places allow this in the temple. Other places allow this on the temple. Other places allow you to add this to the temple or take this away from the temple. I, I, I don't pastor other places. I pastor here. And to, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but to the best of my ability, what I'm telling you is the pattern is what I've gotten from the mountain. I can't help who does what, who goes where, who changes what, who compromises what. Who I, I can't help that. I want to know what i got on the mountain. I want to hear what's on the mountain. Because when the floods begin to come, the only ark that's going to float is the ark that was built according to the pattern that was given. According to the pattern now so watch this watch this i uh I, I i I've taught i've used actually I've used some of these verses and some leadership stuff at, at times second Samuel six in verse one it says this again David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel and 30,000, David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. The ark, which represents the presence of God, had been taken from Israel. So they're now going back to recover what belongs to them. And The Bible says they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah and Ahio. The sons of Abinadab drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab which was at Gibeah accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood. Even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen shook it. The ark, this most precious piece of furniture is shaking and it's about to fall over. And so Uzzah reaches out to steady it And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez-Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? What are you talking about, David? Go back to the pattern there is a pattern for how you're supposed to move the ark. There were specific instructions given to how you were supposed to transport the ark. And you were told, and you know this, David, if somebody touches the ark, they will die. I I know I've read it before. I've read the Bible through before, but in the last several weeks as my Old Testament reading has been in the book of Samuel the Middleton, something caught my eye. If we go back to 1 Samuel chapter 6, so we just read 2 Samuel 6 where David goes to get the ark and Puts it on this new cart. Somebody say, new cart. I, I didn't realize something. Watch this. First Samuel 6 and 1. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us, wherewith shall we send it to his place? What they're saying is, we, we want to get rid of this ark. How do we get rid of it? How do we send it back to where it belongs? And they said, If you send away the ark of of the God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering. Then you shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from... Isn't it amazing? They had an idea. Uh, If you're going to send the ark of the covenant back, don't just send it back. You need to send an offering with it. Then said they... What shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, five golden emirates and five golden mice. Five golden mice, wow. According to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one plague was on you all and on your lords. Wherefore you shall make images of your emeralds and of your mice that mar the land and you shall give glory unto the God of Israel peradventure he will lighten his hand from off you and from off your gods and from off your land wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the egyptians and pharaoh as the egyptians and pharaoh hardened their hearts when he had wrought wonderfully among them did they not let the people go and they departed now watch this The Philistines are trying to figure out how to get the ark back where it belongs. What did they do? Now, therefore, make a new cart. And take two milch kine on which there hath no, come no yoke and tie the kine to the cart and bring their calves home from them and take the ark of the Lord and lay it upon the cart and put the jewels of gold which you return from her, for, re, which you return for a return him for a trespass offering in a coffer by the side thereof and send it away that it may go and see if it goeth by the way of his own coast to Beth Chemus, Then he hath done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us. It was a chance that happened to us. And the men did so and took two milch kine and tied them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. And they laid the ark of the Lord upon the cart and the coffer and sent it on its way. I wonder if when David goes to return the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines, I wonder, I can't prove this, it's just supposition, but I wonder if he said, you know, those Philistines did a pretty cool thing. They didn't carry the ark the way they were supposed to. They put it on a new cart. They put it on a new cart and sent it back and everything seemed to go okay. It came back to us that it belongs to. You know, how about instead of doing things the old-fashioned way, How about instead of doing things the way we've always done them and carrying the ark the way the pattern says, how about we try that cart thing? Worked okay for them. It's pretty cool for them. How about we try that? Oh, boy, here we go. You know, it's pretty cool at concerts and nightclubs when they turn all the lights off. We get smoke and colored lights. Works pretty good there. Maybe we ought to try that new cart. See the lights? See how well lit this sanctuary is? Don't stay that way. The Philistines did it. They actually suffered a little bit, but they didn't suffer to the extent. And you know what's really sad to me is this. I I think... I'm pretty sure Uzzah was aware that no one is supposed to touch the ark. I, I'm pretty sure all of the men of Israel were fully aware of that. They they had poles that they would put through rings and carry that priest would carry that ark on their they they, they didn't just you didn't just reach over and pick it up like a piece of furniture. Oh, you touched the poles, but you didn't touch the ark. They knew that. Probably most of them had seen it carried at some point. So I'm pretty certain that Uzzah was aware. You're not supposed to touch the ark. But the problem was this. He had respect and reverence for the ark. And all of a sudden that sacred piece of furniture begins to rock as if it's about to fall over and he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Do I just stand back and let it fall? Or do I try to stabilize the ark? And he makes a decision that cost him his life. The sad thing is this, David gets all upset at God, but David didn't suffer. It wasn't David's family that was having to have a funeral. I challenge some moms and some dads here, especially with kids still at home, you better be careful how you alter the pattern. David decided to build a new cart and have the ark carried on a new cart. But David didn't suffer the consequences. In essence, an innocent man lost his life because somebody else decided to copy a pattern that didn't come from the mountain. Moses, build it according to the pattern that I show you. You see, the, the punishment on the Philistines was less because they, they had some ignorance. They weren't weren't fully aware of the instruction that God had given the children of Israel on how you're supposed to move the ark around. But but the children of Israel, on the other hand, were fully aware. If you're going to move the ark, there's a pattern. There's a way that God established it was supposed to be done. I don't care if there's new carts That are more attractive ways. I don't care if there's new carts that look cooler than the old way. Build it according to the pattern. Build it according to the pattern. You want your life to be a temple for the Holy Ghost to dwell in? You want your life to be a place where God resides and is at home? Then build that temple according to the pattern. Don't build it based on the new ideas that we're dealing with. Forget the world. Our challenge is not so much the new ideas we're dealing with in the world. Our challenge is the new ideas we're dealing with within the church. We got some really cool new carts being built in the church. We we got some really cool new ideas in the church. But just please tell me one thing. I just need to know where did you get that from? Is that based on the pattern that you got on the mountain? Some of you need to get off of social media. You need to get off of YouTube because you're looking at a bunch of cool carts. Well, I don't know, Pastor, how much longer I'm gonna stick around here. You just, you just got too many old ways. I see some, I see some new carts. I see some new ways. Don't get me wrong, it's been said around here for years, it gets said other places. The message never changes. The message should never change. Methods can change. There are methods that can change. But the, the, the question is, who decided? Who was the inspiration behind the change of the method? if you got the inspiration to change the method on the mountain with you and Jesus, okay. But if you got the inspiration to change the method because you saw the cool new cart somebody else had, that's not the reason to change the method. Moses, I want a tabernacle. I want to dwell among you, but build it according to the pattern. Just as I believe the ark, Noah's ark, would not have survived the flood had he built it different than what God said, I believe that if Moses would have chosen. To alter some things about that tabernacle, God would not have manifested his presence there. It's kind of interesting because, also within that tabernacle, there was a pattern. That pattern was if you want to get to the ultimate place in that tabernacle, where the presence of God is, there is a pattern. There's there's an altar where there's got to be a sacrifice. And then there is a place where you're supposed to wash before you get into the presence. The Bible says that when Jesus died, The veil of the temple was torn. I believe what that symbolized, what that represented was, based on what had just taken place, access to the presence of God was no longer restricted as it had always been. You understand what you and I have experienced here tonight freely? The presence of God the way we had, they, they didn't have that same access. That place where the Ark of the Covenant was, on the inside of that tabernacle, the high priest went by himself one time a year. In my understanding of Scripture, that was not necessarily this wonderful, great occasion. It was a very sober occasion because you were wondering, is God going to accept our sacrifice or not? So when the veil of that temple was torn, to me what was being demonstrated was, based on what Jesus had done, everyone now has access into the presence of God. But I think one of the negative effects that has happened is somehow we think that the access we all have now means we don't go through the same pattern. There's a lot of people that want to jump straight into the presence. You're still supposed to stop by the altar. Before you ever get to the presence, you're supposed to stop by the altar. There's supposed to be a shedding of blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And then once you've done that, you're, you're supposed to go to that brazen laver and there's supposed to be some washing and some cleansing. And, and, and so before you ever get to the presence, there's been a sacrifice, there's been a washing, and now you're ready to go. We just freely are able to come into the presence of God and, take for granted that I don't need to stop by the altar and I don't need to be washed and cleansed and of course that's also a typology of salvation as well the pattern comes from God the pattern comes from God and you and I don't have the right to change the pattern. We are supposed to build collectively according to the pattern. And you and I are supposed to have this temple built individually according to the pattern. I want you to stand I don't think at this point I'm going to give an altar call, but I am going to ask you just for a moment or two right where you're standing. Would you just maybe recommit and ask the Lord to help you tonight? God, I want to build according to the pattern that comes from you. I don't want to copy the pattern of the Philistines. I don't want to copy the pattern of Egypt. I, I don't want to get my inspiration from any of those sources. But the pattern that comes from being on the mount, being in your presence, that comes from your spirit, that comes from your word. I don't know if you feel this way or not, but I do. There's a lot of really neat cool new carts out there. There's some new carts out there that have caught my eye a number of times, brother Middleton. Like man, that looks that looks pretty cool way of carrying the presents. Looks like a lot easier way. I mean, just throw it on that cart and Nobody has to bear the burden. Nobody's under the weight of the presence. We'll just let the animals pull the cart and do the work for us, but that's not the pattern. Father, I pray right now that you would help every one of us. Lord, in whatever way, individually or collectively, we may be challenged and struggling we see some new carts around us, God. We, we see some people that got some pretty cool carts. But if it's not the pattern, if the design, if the method didn't come from the pattern that comes from you, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to last. It may have some temporary results, but they're not going to be lasting results. I pray tonight, God, that you would help us as a congregation and I pray that you would help each one of us individually. That we would build according to the pattern. Lord, in our humanity, in our flesh, there's usually things about the pattern that you give that we don't necessarily like. There's usually always some things that we would do differently if we were in charge. Lord, I'm sure Solomon would have probably made some adjustments to the building of the temple if it was up to him, but the pattern didn't come from him. It came from his father, but that didn't originate with his father. It came from you. I pray that you would help us tonight to grasp a hold of this principle, Lord. That we must build according to the pattern. We don't build according to what may be trending right now, what may be the latest, newest idea, way of doing things. We build according to the pattern. Lord, the only temple I believe you're going to occupy is the one that's built according to the pattern. The only sanctuary that you're going to dwell in, God, is the one that's built according to the pattern. Help us tonight. I pray, God, that in my life personally, there's any way in which I'm building, trying to build this temple according to ideas and ways that are not after the pattern that you've given. I pray that you would help me to see them, God, so that I can make the adjustments that are needed in Jesus' name. Father, I stand here tonight as the one that at least at this point you've called to be the pastor of this congregation. I pray tonight, God, if there's any way, if there are any ways in which we are wandering away from the pattern that comes from you that you would help us to see it help me to see it God Lord I want this house as a congregation I want us to be built I want us to build according to the pattern Lord there may be some things we can learn and glean and understanding we can get from others but at the end of the day The pattern's got to come from You, God. The pattern's got to be Your pattern. So I trust and pray that You would help us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. I thought it was 7.30. I pulled the stem out on my watch. Maybe the Lord pulled the stem out. Because if I'd have known that it was 8.05, I probably would have been a little more hasty. So the Lord knew. Praise God. God bless you. I do want to remind you, this Thursday is Oikos night. So we will not have service here at the building. We will be meeting in small groups And again, if you're not a part of or if you don't know of the small group you're a part of, Brother Isaac Middleton can help make sure you're connected so that you can be a part of a group. God bless you.